Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell, and we have special guest, realtor extraordinaire, super agent Monica Riera here, and we're going to jump right in to an important topic that a lot of consumers don't realize is happening right now, and a lot of real estate agents wish this would happen more. And again, if you want to check out the live stream, we are on Facebook and YouTube right now. Just search Tom Tool Sales Group. If you have a question for the show, the email address is info at tooltimeradio.com. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team since 2018 in Pennsylvania and Delaware. So we're here to talk about Monica and more importantly, Monica, what has I found to be very interesting. And Stacey, you've probably seen this too, but it, it's it's very unique here in that over the past 60 days, we have these things called unicorn leads, right? And if you don't know what that is, that's when someone makes an inquiry on a property and buys that home or another home during the first appointment with not a lot of time searching for homes, certainly a lot of work in those cases. And, and Monica has sold three of those sort of people properties over the past 60 days. So number one, amazing job. Secondly, like tell us a little bit about this because realtors search for this. Sellers don't believe that you're going to get these call-ins and, and, and buy their homes right away. And a lot of buyers feel like they need to learn the market before actually transacting. And obviously you've documented and proven that's not the case. So why don't you share kind of how this has happened, how this has went, and then we have a couple follow-up questions for you here so we can educate everyone that's listening. Sure. So actually, all three of them were Zillow leads. So, um, you know, got lucky enough to take those calls, felt very appreciative for that. And a lot of times in actually all three of those situations, the buyers told me that they weren't necessarily ready to make a move, but they were just getting started in the process. So just being, you know, able to kind of step back and understand their perspective, understand what situation they're in and, you know, realizing that they're saying they might not be ready, but that also might just be, you know, a nerves or, you know, as Tom, you had mentioned earlier, of def- defense mechanism. Uh, so making sure to make that personal connection early on kind of helps build trust early in the relationship, especially since it's the first time you're meeting these people in person. So just trying to figure out what their motivation is behind why they're even looking and trying to tie that into what's going into the uh, going on in the market and why right now is a great time to buy. So th- they're they're telling you on the phone, hey, we're not ready to buy. And I mean, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever said that to a salesperson like, hey, I'm not buying something. And then you walk out the door with a new car or like a custom suit or some yep. jewelry or dresses or, or whatever else. So we all do it. Right. So I think it's important to acknowledge that, that it is human nature to, to, to kind of come off that way. So you talk about motivation. So what what are you doing there to help them get to the place where it might be the best move for them to pull the trigger on on a property like this? And Stacy, I know you're you're probably seeing the same thing. So feel free to chime in. Are there any questions you're asking? How are you helping these folks get there so they're making a good real estate decision? Because I can't tell you how many times in the past that someone says, you know what, the first property really was the best one, and we should have pulled the trigger. This happens a lot. So. Talk a little bit about that. I'd love to hear kind of sure. what you're asking and how you're, how you're going through that process. Sure. So one of the first things I ask is, why are you looking to make a move? Even if you're not ready to purchase a property right here and now, what is ultimately the reason why you're looking to move from one place to another? So a lot of people will bring in their family or they'll say they're, they'll just, they just need more space, which I think all of us can relate to with coronavirus. Everybody you know, can think about what they can do mm-hmm. with that extra space. 
So just kind of relating to why they're looking to make a move. Um, you know, a lot of us have been in those positions before, so we can kind of tie it back to our own personal experiences. And I know for me, I I looked at a, a lot of houses when I was looking for my home. And I honestly feel like, you know, if I just made a move quicker, I might have gotten a better a better price, lower mm-hmm. interest rate. So just kind of focusing on those things and and making sure to ultimately just continue to go back to this is why you want to move. And this is why this is the right time to make that move right now. Stacy, are you running into this? I mean, I, I obviously, you know, you guys have, uh, you got a lot in common here. Both we worked together before we worked together, right? Mm-hmm. As, as clients and now as, as, as team members. So are, are you seeing the same thing? You know, I mean, I, I, know, I know you've had a couple of the, you had one over the weekend. It was kind of the same thing, different mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on there? Because I, I, I want buyers to understand that it's okay to move fast because mm-hmm. that's what the market calls for right now. Yeah, definitely. I had a few unicorn um, opportunities, <laughs> which is fabulous. Um, and both uh, uh, very interesting and different. Um, the first one I had, it was uh, a person that was purchasing on behalf of their parents because their parents were trying to relocate from New York State. So we did a video tour. She had picked out the home for her parents. We went together and video toured it with her parents on mm-hmm. the phone. Um, they ended up putting an offer in and got the home. So it was helpful in that sense. Uh, they, She thought that her parents wouldn't pull the trigger without her help. Got it. Okay. Different situation. Um, worked out beautifully. Um, this past weekend, a little unique situation yes. also. Uh, so um, the, the person that's going to be living in the home knew exactly what she was looking for, although we did go see seven houses. This was her first choice. Okay, like uh, she picked out from the pictures. So, did, but did she tell like, you that up front? Did you know that going in? Not to interrupt, we but we knew I, that going okay. in. Yeah, she said, "Well, I, I really want to see X home, and because I I really love the pictures, but pictures can be deceiving." And that was probably in the middle of the tour. Um, got it. And when we got there, she instantly fell in love. She actually, we ditched a couple off the tour list, uh, but we did continue to see a couple other ones, and that was it her decision was made. So that was pretty fast. And she had no regrets. Um, now, I had a person, uh, it was the first home they looked at, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting them under contract. And they he did have some reservations. Should I looked at more? And we said, well, you know, I went back. It hit all your marks, right? Do you love the house? Yes, I love the house. But you always have to just reassure that if you feel a connection to the home, when you walked in, you felt like this could be home, that's it. Don't second guess. Monica, you said something pretty interesting earlier where you felt like you maybe should have moved quicker during your home search. So tell us more about that. Could you, I mean, that's, that's a real interesting perspective to be on the real estate side as well as the consumer side. So what, what made you feel that way? Because I think there's a stigma out there or one of those like um, unfounded beliefs that you have to look at 15 houses before looking at something. And right now, the market's never been like this before. Inventory's lower than ever. And it sounds like you're both communicating that pretty clearly to these buyers. But what, what made you feel that way versus obviously being on the other side of this now? Uh, I think, honestly, like when you're actually in it yourself, you're feeling like, like you said, you have to look at a, a, a number of homes so you don't feel like you're making a snap, a snap decision off of, you know, nothing to base it off of. Mm-hmm. But being in this market on the flip side has kind of opened up the perspective that home prices are continuing to increase, interest rates are going back up. So right now is the perfect time to find that house. And if you really love it enough and it checks off, you know, 75% of your boxes, then it's a, it's a win-win situation. 
Mm -hmm. You definitely don't want to be the buyer that regrets not putting the offer in on the home. I can't tell you, I, I have probably uh, too many to, to count that have regretted <laughs> not putting the offer in on the home. Have you, Monica? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and it, it, you know, it's, it's that Monday morning quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's a big challenge. So for, are there any commonalities you're finding with these, with these sort of clients? I mean, what, what I'm hearing is like, people know what they want. Are they doing a lot of online research? What, what are they doing to prep? And then how are you also, both of you prepping for these appointments, especially the first time? Because in a lot of cases, whether it's a Zillow call or, a call from a past client, you can kind of almost hear the intent in their voice. So are, are you looking for certain things on the initial conversation? Then what are you doing to prepare? And how are buyers preparing for this? Because I think this is what consumers need to hear. So when they get ready to say, all right, my time frame is X, like it's, it's, it's go time. Like it's, it's, it's game on. So I know what the Zillow leads for me, if I have the availability and, you know, as agents, we don't always have the time to really spend, you know, a lot preparing mm -hmm. for these meetings because they could be right right off after you get off the phone. But if I have the opportunity, what I like to do is try and find comparables in the the neighborhood, look at the seller's disclosure, see kind of what I'm walking into so that I can prepare the buyer for what they're going to be walking into. And sometimes it even might be beneficial if I hear over the phone from the client that they're looking for XYZ and this house doesn't have it, then is it worth our time to go look at it? And can we find a property that fits that, that wasn't the initial property that they were looking for, but that might fit their their needs better? Mm -hmm. Love it. Yep. So a lot of prep. So you're prepping sales activity, the home itself, and also reminding the people what they want, which I, I you know, I mean, it's easy to get like hypnotized with some of these sexy photos or a great video tour, but if they need two bathrooms and only has one bathroom, that's going to be a problem. Definitely check that one right off the list. Stop wasting time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stacey, sure. what about you? Anything else you wanted to add in there? Uh, I just make sure that um, before we even get out there looking that they're financed, that they're all squared away with their pre-approval mm -hmm. letter. Uh, I print out some buyer's estimated closing costs so that we can go over in detail what it's going to cost them to get to uh, the finish line there so that there's no big, big surprises. Uh, that way they have a real clear understanding and they're ready to go put an offer in. Um, you know, once they're inside the home, it it checks off all their boxes. They know exactly the the cost that it, it's going to entail. Um, seller's disclosures have already been sent to them. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're ready to go. So the preparation definitely is key. I say this all the time. Ben Franklin has said that failing to prepare is preparing to fail and proper preparation prevents poor performance. So I love that how, how prepped you ladies are coming into these appointments and also getting your buyers prepped. That, that's equally important that you might want to have that conversation with them up front. Even if they don't, you don't think they're going to believe it or act on it. It's, hey, here's what the market's doing right now. And give some third party endorsements like NAR is saying this. The Mortgage Bankers Association is saying rates are predicted to be higher. So it's going to cost you more money with your payment if you're continuing to wait. People also, I find they really undervalue their time. I mean, to me, I, th this process is a tough one. It's not fun looking at It's fun looking at homes when you're going to live there, but it's not fun when you're constantly having to look for homes all the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, getting, getting people focused. So what are you doing to help them save time up front? I mean, are you telling them to drive by properties? Are they doing a lot of research online? Because I would imagine that's a major component of these unicorn buyers that look at two, three, four homes in one shot and pick one is they've probably been in that voyeur stage for quite a while, whether on Zillow, Trulia, Realtor, whatever the website is. 
Um, are, are you seeing that as a commonality as well? Uh, I say, I think a couple of mine have been those people. I have seen a couple that have really just literally just started looking at Zillow and we went out and saw three houses. And I think it's really good when you can look at multiple houses and one showing, like you were saying, seven houses mm-hmm. and one one appointment. That's awesome because then you can kind of play the properties off of themselves. And like I know in one situation I was in, we saw two houses that were literally right next door to each other. And both of them were built in the 1800s, needed work. And then we saw this other house that was built later on. And it was just moving condition. I mm-hmm. mean, walk in. And that was the one where they were like, yeah, let's let's put the offer in. So being able to kind of have backup properties to look at too, or as agents, finding other houses that we can add to that appointment so that mm-hmm. we're not just looking at this one house that this person's interested in, but adding on so that they can kind of compare and contrast those two houses to make a better better decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And keep reminding them about their needs, especially if they have very specific wants and needs. Mm-hmm. pertaining to a home. Well, you got to look at the lemons to find the cherry. And mm-hmm. I th- it's, it's almost like when the first-time buyer's dad comes in and they only look at the house they're thinking about. And they don't see the other maybe five or six you looked at that had mold in the basement or mm-hmm. they needed to be fully updated or looked like grandma's house. And, and not that there's anything wrong with those if you know what you're getting into. It's more of they don't have the perspective of what else is out there in the market. So I, I love that you're prepping and bringing other stuff to the table instead of just taking orders because... To me, the sign of a good agent is not someone that's an order taker, someone that's proactive, that's bringing solutions to the table or at least options and telling people what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. So, you know, saying, hey, I'll just show you this one. It's well, while we're out, I've got two or three others that we can probably look at within about a 90 minute time frame. So if you got 90 minutes while we're out, it's going to take us you know, half hour to drive back and forth anyway. Why not make the best use of your time? Not only are you bringing solutions there. You're showing these people you're working for them and you're on their side. So I, I love the the perspective there. So what I'm hearing is that the commonalities are they kind of know what they want. They're pre-approved. Uh, they may or may not have done some, some searching on, on their own. And the best way these buyers are prepping is getting good information. You're both being the knowledge broker, telling them what's happening in the market, which is really, really critical because most agents don't know what's happening in the market, especially for our listeners out there. I mean, you, you, up, up until the end of May, 40% of the agents in the MLS didn't even sell a home in the entire country. So it's really critical to understand that you have to find someone that knows what's going on. So we know how buyers need to get prepped. And as we wrap up the segment here, how should sellers be prepping to attract these type of clients? So because every seller wants multiple offers. They want people to compete for their home. So what are some things that you, you ladies think sellers should be doing to be prepared to attract the unicorn buyer, attract the person that says, wow, I never thought I'd move, but I'll move for that house. What should they be doing? Coming soon. <laughs> making sure it's up there in the coming soons. I mean, that's huge right now. Mm-hmm. I know for, I mean, I'm sure both of us that those coming soon listings that we're sending to our clients are mm-hmm. really important. So you can be boots on the ground the day that the house goes active on the market. Right. The buyers already have the opportunity to vet the house, drive by, get their finances in order, know their closing costs. Um, the other thing for sellers uh, to just prepare, make sure that your house is, is as uh, showable as possible, mm-hmm. declutter, touch up paint. You don't want to put out big renovations, but make sure it's in you know great shape for the photos. Uh, leave for the weekend, be prepared for <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot of showings and um, you know just put your best house forward basically and you're going to attract you know, those multiple offer situations. 
So, Monica, you mentioned coming soon. And, and just, just to give the audience an idea of what that means is that we have the ability through our, our partnership with Zillow to list the home as coming soon there. We can also list it coming soon in the MLS up to three weeks. Why don't more agents do this? Because you're saying it works. We do it for every listing because I'm clear it works. We study the data. Why don't more agents do this? I wish I knew. <laughs> well, maybe, and, maybe they don't know that it's an option. Well, and I think it's a matter of education or, or, or understanding what's going on. So that, that's, a, that's a great point. So everyone should be doing this is what I'm hearing. Yes. And for the audience, what this means, this is like a teaser opportunity because in order to advertise a property to the public, there's something called the clear cooperation policy with NAR where we have to be in the MLS within one business day of starting to market the home. So you can list it as coming soon in our bright MLS that serves the greater Philadelphia area. It doesn't get syndicated, number one. It's only on Bright, but then you can reach out to your database. You can reach out to other agents. You can post uh, you know, on, on social media and do all these other sort of darker campaigns that are like it's coming and, and build that momentum. And when you build momentum, it's human nature to want what you can't have. So people kind of line up out the door ready to see these things. I mean, and then, and then also it allows you to clear your schedule to get your clients into those homes. And then I'm imagining the clients are probably driving by and kind of doing their own research as well all during that time period? Yeah. And I mean, we have the information. We know the square footage. We know how many bedrooms. We know how many bathrooms. I mean, those are key things that mm -hmm. everyone wants to know when they're walking into a house. Mm -hmm. And I, as a buyer's agent, can reach out to the listing agent and yep. get more questions answered. Um, see if there's timelines, you know, where, what the sellers, what's their preferred settlement date. Mm -hmm. There's so many, so much information I can get even before we walk into the home. Love it. Love it. And, and I mean, that's the kind of training that I think every agent needs. And, and we'll, we'll take a quick uh, plug here because we do this kind of training at our team. So if you're thinking about getting into real estate, check out our scholarship program. It's realestatescholarshipprogram.com. This is exactly what we talk about every day. That's why Monica and Stacy are so knowledgeable about it. So as we wrap the segment here, sellers need to be prepped. They need to have their home ready to go. Be ready to get out of the house. Have the right marketing strategy. I would also say make sure you get professional photos and video like our man Nick here because if they're using the iPhone photos and they're crooked or you see like the guy's hand in the mirror or whatever, it's not going to show off the home as well. It's not going to elicit that emotional reaction that gets people excited. Anything else buyers or sellers should be prepared for in this current market? I'm hearing it's moving fast. Unicorn pe folks are out there, unicorn buyers, where they come in, they buy their first or second property they look at. Anything else the consumer should know when they're jumping into these transactions as they prepare to transact? Because once they're, you're already in the search process or in it, it's almost too late. Like you've already made your decisions. If they're thinking about making a move in the next 90 days, there's still time to prep before you really got to get out there. What should any buyer or seller be doing right now that we haven't hit on? Anything we missed? I think Stacy actually said this to me um, when I think I first started, but she's having those discussions up front, preparing them for what their offer needs to have to get it accepted. So I've, say that. <laughs> so I've started great having minds, those, great minds. those discussions too up front before we're even looking at the house or while we're at the house if it's the first time I'm meeting the, the people in person. So that when we get to that point of we're discussing the terms of the agreement of sale, we've already kind of hit the major contingencies that we want to ultimately eliminate. Right. Exactly. Make sure they understand it's not just about purchase price necessarily. Um, that is very important to sellers, but there's also other ways that you can craft an offer that is going to be very attractive to sellers. Um, you just have to know what they are and the buyers have to be aware that there's options. 
Love that because, you know, there's so many instances where a buyer gets excited, they fall in love with the place and they say, what next? And then you throw, okay, here's what we have to do and blah, 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 blah. And, and their head's going to explode. This, I mean, this, <laughs> this, is what, this is what I've seen happen if you're not prepped enough. So agreeing to that like initial meeting, even if it's in the driveway, like you said, Monica, mm -hmm. it's, give me 15 minutes and let me tell you how this process works just so that you're prepared in case you find something. Not that we're going to buy the first home, just so you're prepared in case the opportunity arises. Love that. Great content here about unicorn buyers and sellers. So on that note, Monica, I don't know if you're going to hang around for the next segment or not. We'll ask you at the break. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender. All right, stand by. Actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all all right, we're coming back. First-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. And we've got super agent Monica Riera here. She hung in for the next segment. So very exciting. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And you can catch the live stream on YouTube or Facebook. Just search Tom Tool Sales Group. So we've got some more Zillow news here. Now, this is some interesting news. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's interesting in a second. So th the news came out. Um, yesterday that there are two Republican lawmakers that sent a letter to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, urging the agency to investigate and scrutinize the Zillow acquisition of showing time. So if you don't know what Zillow is, you've been living under a rock. It's an online search border for real estate. You may not know what showing time is. So showing time is a platform that, um, is connected with a lot of multiple listing services. It's connected with a lot of real estate agents where you go and schedule tours. There's an app you can download, makes it very easy for sellers to manage. Also makes it easy for agents. You know, I, I used to have to call the office and get everything scheduled, which is a total pain in the butt. So it's been a, a, a nice piece of tech that has helped the, the, the real estate industry. So these two lawmakers, and it was um, Representative Ken Buck from Colorado, and Senator Mike Lee from Utah, and they are 
the ranking members of the House and Senate antitrust subcommittees, they asked, quote unquote, to the FTC, closely examine competition issues in residential real estate and not allow real estate to, quote, become overly consolidated in the hands of a dominant platform to the detriment of competition and consumers. And they specifically singled out Zillow as a company that may raise competition issues. They went on to say that most of Zillow's growth in terms of sheer size and lines of business has been through acquisition, both vertical and horizontal, and the vast majority of which have not received scrutiny from the antitrust enforcement agencies. And what they talk about here is Zillow acquired Loop, which is a forms and contract software, Bridge Interactive, Street Easy, and Naked Apartments. Those are rental portals. They purchased Trulia in 2015, um, which was reviewed and approved without conditions. So, and, and they made more acquisitions than this, and they bought Showing Time um, in February for $500 million. So what do you think about all this? I mean, this is a pretty serious, uh, you know, writing a letter, I mean, doesn't sound that serious. When it's coming from two people that have federal government elected positions to an antitrust committee, it gets a lot more serious. So, so what do you guys think about this? I mean, what, what do, do you think this, there's implications here for Zillow or is, is antitrust a real thing here? Tell me more about that. Well, showing time has a tremendous amount of data, mm-hmm. tremendous amount of data. Like what? It, it has pretty much everything. When you schedule not only a showing an inspection, a walkthrough, a closing. You know what I mean? You have to schedule through showing time for the most part, unless you're doing it, you know, with the listing agent on the side, but mostly everything's scheduled through showing time. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that data, it, it has sales um, pending. Uh, it, it has so much data wrapped up into the platform. So Zilla would be getting all this data, first of all. Um, it, it would just give them leverage. So not only would they be able to, because Zillow has these estimates, right? Mm-hmm. So they basically, everybody goes on to see what their house is worth, right? Um, or if you're purchasing, you say, oh, well, this estimate says it's worth 380000 Um, So they're telling homeowners what their home is worth or buyers what the home is worth. Um, and not only that, they have the iBuyer. I iBuyer program, yes. yeah. So they can offer homeowners to purchase their home, okay? So they set these estimates. They have the other platform that they can purchase Mm -hmm. uh, from homeowners, and then they turn around and they could sell the home at a higher price. So they're getting just a a load, a load of uh, data if with the purchase of um, showing time also. And so so what the iBuyer program is, just to give some clarity, because I, I, you know, and we all know what it is, Nick might know, but a lot of the listeners may not. So the iBuyer program is basically they'll make you an instant offer on your property and then they'll come out and inspect it afterwards. But it, it's like a signed contract. I mean, it's not just some fly-by-night sort of thing. So they are buying homes in a lot of markets right now. Arizona, Florida, Texas, they've launched. So it, it is something that's real. So, I mean, just just to give people an idea what, what an iBuyer program is. So you're telling me there's a lot of data and that's their play here. Monica, what do you think about this? I honestly, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I'll be interested to see what happens at, out of this. But I mean, yeah, Zillow has, I mean, they already have a lot of information. Now they're, you know, they'd be getting a, hands on a lot more. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. So you both bring up a good point. Um, I mean, they, they do have a lot of information. Dot Loop was looked at the same thing. Where Dot Loop, they get a lot of data because they can see when the homes go under contract. I mean, right. in in real time for people that use that platform, and it's it's a strong platform. Um, showing showing data again. I mean, when we were shut down last year, I remember every week people were looking at like the showings per state, and Pennsylvania was the last one to to raise up. But there was a chart that they would actually chart showing activity on a state by state basis, and then. They, they shared it with everybody. So I, I do agree with you 100%, Stacey, that the showing data may be the most accurate forward-looking data set there is. And so does William Schofer, who's the founder of the Showing Time Rival Insta Showing. So again, he's a rival company. So kind of, you know, we take that with a grain of salt. But he actually is quoted as saying showing data is the most accurate forward-looking data set there is. And that information advantage in the hands of a large nationwide brokerage would be a game changing for Zillow's iBuying and brokerage. Um, and every MLS we have talked about uh, has asked them to update their data policies because that's their concern. So now they're actually getting pushback that if you want to use this other other platform, they're, they're, they're not agreeing to the same data share that they did before with showing time. And I know a lot of MLSs felt burned by the acquisition because, I mean, it integrates literally right in the MLS. So we go in and, and want to schedule something, you click on a link and it takes you right to showing time. I mean, there's no... There's no middle person there. So I, I, I totally agree. This is a data play. So what what does this mean moving forward? I mean, should, you know, should brokerages be worried? Should consumers be worried? I mean, what, what, what does this mean for the future, for the market, for all the parties involved? Well, I think it's, if it goes through, right? Well, I guess it is going to go through, but... Well, it's, it's gone through, but now it's being investigated. It's being investigated. To be, or, or they're asking them right. to investigate. So it's not even an investigation but obviously somebody's concerned about it right. and, they, and they're part of that antitrust committee with the federal government. Right. It just, uh, it's going to solidify Zillow's, um, <laughs> you know, their, how strong they are in, in the uh, real estate market. So I think that's the concern is because this is going to give them so much more information. They can potentially not saying they're going to, but there's potential uh, manipulation of pricing, things like that that could happen, especially with all the additional information. And I'd like to see where they're going to navigate from here. Like they're doing all these acquisitions. What What's next? Where, where do they have their sites on next? It, that's interesting to know. It's also interesting to think about too, since like you mentioned those estimates. Mm -hmm. So if they're tracking now how many showings are going to be happening in the house, are they also going to be kind of adjusting their estimates based on how much activity the house is having while it's on the market. Mm -hmm. Probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that they're, they're always trying to make that thing better because when estimates came out, it was, it was a crapshoot. I mean, they, were, they yeah. were not very effective at all. Now they've gotten better and better. They had that contest a couple years ago that said, hey, the winner gets a million bucks, but they had all these people work for free for them to come up with a better estimate uh, algorithm. So, wow. I mean, they know what they're doing. And, and the letter actually says, to your point, that the effect of their acquisitions and this is where it, it goes it, it goes a little further. The effect of Zillow's acquisitions appear to be that it, it can effectively tell the homeowner what the property's worth, buy the house from the homeowner for that amount, and then turn around and immediately sell the home for a higher price. Now, they would have to put some improvements into it. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how that goes. I mean, typically, iBuyer offers or investor offers are going to be lower than retail offers. Right. So if someone needs the money right away, that could be a service. Uh, and... You know, my view of this is maybe a little different, um, that I'd be a little nervous if I was Zillow, 
because there is a and and if you look at some of these other major tech companies right now, and I'm talking about Apple, Google, Amazon, um, Facebook. I mean, over the past year, Congress has started to target these folks, um, those companies specifically for antitrust because of their acquisitions. I mean, and so I would be really nervous if I was Zillow because I would not want to be part of a group that the government's targeting ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at, you know, they, um, you know, there, there was some claims that Google was putting its Google map results first in their search result mm-hmm. and Amazon promotes its own line of t-shirts ahead of other companies. I mean, that really happens. I use these apps. Yeah. I see what goes on. So I'd be nervous if I was Zillow, if the government's got their target on me and especially looking at some of the anti-business legislation coming out from the Biden administration right now, they're talking about non-competes. Hey, we're going to get rid of them. 1031 exchanges, capital gains tax. So I, I you know, the way this is going you don't want the federal government on the other end of something with you. And NAR is experiencing it right now with the DOJ lawsuit. I mean, it looks like real estate is in the crosshairs for the federal government. And this is just another example of that. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, I mean, it doesn't look like it's a, it's a partisan thing because these are obviously the Biden administration's democratic. These people are Republicans that put this letter together from Colorado and Utah. So, you know, I, I, I don't think the letter is that far fetched knowing what I know about Zillow. Mm-hmm. I'd also be nervous if I was Zillow, given some of the, the 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 past targeting that's been done by Congress, looking at these big tech companies right now. Because in a lot of cases, I think the government's nervous about them because they control so much information. Mm-hmm. They control the majority of the information yes, yeah. at this point, that's for sure. Um, and they've been notorious about, like you said, either elevating what they the message they want out or um, suppressing the other messages that they don't necessarily want out. So I think that, yeah, big tech is definitely, um, I mean, it's been going on for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, they've a lot of uh, the lawmakers have been talking about what they can do on both sides. It, it you know, it depends. Agreed, yeah. It depends on what's happening in, in, in the moment. But um, it's just trying to get everybody on board and, and what, how to handle it because tech has grown so quickly, so fast. And, you know, our federal government has a hard time keeping up. Well, yeah, because they're arguing all the time yeah, and, and, the time, and right. not doing anything. And that, that's a whole right. other, that's every government that's out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, it's, it's almost like a, it's a credit to Zillow in one case that, hey, you're part of this group now. And at the same time, <laughs> I don't know that you want to be part of that group if the government's coming after you, telling you to break up your company, right. uh, which I mean, the, the, you know, you don't want, they're, they're drawing a straight line here from these companies together. So, and, and I get why Zillow's doing this. I mean, at the, at the same time, I mean, if you, you know, they, they have this thing about, you know, one of their core values is turning their lights on for the consumers and they want to make sure consumers are aware of everything. You know, the mm-hmm. fact is, I don't, I don't buy that so much as that real estate makes up 17% of the GDP. I mean, that, that's more than energy. So, right. you know, they're talking about buying homes, bringing their own crews in to fix them up, flipping them. I mean, I, I know for a fact in Texas that there was a, I've got a, a, a like a two degree Kevin Bacon uh, separation from this person that they bought a home $50,000 more than what a realtor told them was the max list price. And I don't know that it's right or wrong, but that's what Zillow did recently, like in the past couple of weeks. So with all this stuff happening, I mean, it, does this help the consumer? Does this hurt the consumer? I mean, what, what should consumers be worried about when they, when they see this stuff happen and should they be worried about doing business with Zillow? Should they be okay using their website? I mean, there, there's a lot of questions here and I don't think this story is going to go away anytime soon. 
Well, I definitely don't think the story is going to go yeah. away. And I don't think that people are going to stop using the website. Mm-mm. That's just a fact. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is it? 99.9%? Yep. <laughs> it's I almost agree. like ivory soap, you know? It's people are going to I don't, use, I don't use ivory soap, Stacey. So I don't, I don't I'm, it might not be a good. <laughs> it's that 99.9%. Um, so I don't think people are going to steer away from Zillow. Now, people are always skeptical of this estimate anyway. And I, I don't think that's going to go away because they do. I get that all the time. I don't know about you, Monica, yep. but people ask me, is that correct? Is that right? Um, but I, I, I go back to the local market for that. Sure. What's happening in your local market? Because Zillow might not necessarily understand the local market. Uh, it, they might not be up to speed yet in, mm-hmm. in our local market. So I think people are definitely still going to use the website. They're still going to check into that estimate because they're curious. Um, and it's... Uh, it, it should be interesting to see where it goes from here. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I look at this estimate on my house. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I totally agree. People are not, not going to start u- stop using the app at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zillow is going to be, Zillow is the app that I It's use. the go-to. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a good real estate agent, you're going on a listing appointment, you better be looking at that number to see what the sellers are thinking and at right. least understand that. Because if you don't, then they already got more information than you do. And that's that's True. that's part of the challenge with a lot of realtors. The reason why Zillow entered the marketplace, because realtors just weren't, they were trying to hoard all the information instead of putting it all out there, which I'm a big believer of, because a lot of people aren't going to do anything with it anyway. It's, it, you know, I mean, you know, so... That that's why Zillow was kind of founded in the first place, and because there's so many agents out there. I mean, you got an eighty eighty seven percent of them are out of the business in five years. So you have you have literally thirteen percent that can make it more than five years at any given time, and that that's part of the challenge because you know real estate agents have kind of let this happen, and they're they they were lazy about oh we're just not going to give you the data. So now the data's out there. What are you going to do about it? And that's where it's you know really important for agents to be able to communicate their value and also educate consumers because. For the most part, an investor buyer coming in, a wholesaler and I buy, they're not going to give you the same price as a retail price. Now, now what's going on in the, the, that Texas example that they might have gotten lucky, they might have hit the jackpot there, good for them. My point is that nine times out of 10, you can get more on the open market, especially with market conditions like this, where inventory's low, rates are low, all the things we talked about. So so what do you think happens with this? La- I mean, is Zillow going to, are they going to get scrutinized further? What do you guys think is going to happen here? Is this going to go under review with the FTC? Is there going to be an investigation? How do you think that plays out? Well, um, it, it really depends on what else is going on in the world. Are they going to have time to do this type of investigation? Good point. Is it really going to be relevant, you know, for whatever else is taking place? Um, <laughs> Interesting know? timing on that comment. <laughs> I yeah. know, right? Um, so that really depends on on other factors. But I ultimately believe that big tech is definitely the whole big tech mm-hmm. is going to be under more scrutiny. And if um, you know if there's other egregious things or what people perceive to be egregious, they will be um, investigated more. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's definitely going to go somewhere. I mean, I, I feel like they're trying to put some checks and balances in place all over the place. So mm-hmm. uh, there's no reason why this would be mm-hmm. excluded from that. It could be a scare tactic. Maybe like, you know, let's... I'm, I'm surprised of who it's coming from relative to what we've seen in the past. Um, I, I do agree. I, I mean, they're, when, when you're as big as Zillow, you're going to get scrutinized. So I, I and the, the, you know, antitrust is something that's real. Now they also approved the acquisition of Trulia, which is, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about antitrust, that's literally the same kind of website that, that, that Zillow is. So 
this is a little different. I, I can understand what they're talking about here and you know, knowing what I what we know. And you know, we talk about this all the time internally. So this is not any 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 news to us. I, I'm clear they're going to go further here. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I mean, best case, I mean, this is like nine, 12 months down the road. Right. At and least, that would be fast. Not longer. That would be fast. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. So on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Delta variance effect on the housing market as we head into the fourth quarter. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-776 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, and we are three for three on segments with Monica Riera today. Very excited for that. Uh, again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line. We are the number one real estate team with Remax in Delaware and Pennsylvania since 2018. And what we want to chat about next, and I feel like this, the same subjects keep coming up. It's what's going on with Zillow or. What's happening with coronavirus? And, and that's what we're going to talk about, the Delta variant. And I just got a simple question for you, too. Is the Delta variant going to affect the housing market in the fourth quarter? Because people are freaking out. What do you think? I don't think so. That's my personal opinion. I haven't seen it uh, affecting our local market at this point. Um, I mean, we pushed through... COVID-19, the, the original unknown, and we were still, you know, navigating and selling, buying and selling houses, helping our buyers and helping our sellers um, at a tremendous rate. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, I mean, yes, it's something to, that people are very concerned about, and I totally understand, and I totally get that. Um, but people have adjusted 70% of the population has been vaccinated at least with one shot, right? So um, I think it's 80% in it Pennsylvania. 80 yeah, now? I think it okay. went up. So, and, and, you know, people, they're more comfortable. They, it, they're masking. 
uh, sellers or, you know, for showings where there's always hand sanitizer, booties, things like that. So I think buyers and sellers are more prepared and more, um, you know, the comfortable with the preventative measures that have been put into place and are still in place. Uh, so I don't think it's going to affect the market. I'm a little on the fence, honestly, right now. Um, I think the difference with the Delta variant that we weren't seeing before is we are now seeing that children are also getting the Delta variant. So, and they're obviously not vaccinated because we don't have any vaccine for that age group yet. Sure. So, um, it's, you know, in my opinion, it's possible that it's spreads a little bit more quickly um, to those that are not vaccinated, obviously. And there is still, there are still people that are unvaccinated, but, um, I think we're obviously seeing a slower, a slower growth of the population that has been infected by it. So hopefully it doesn't impact it as much. And like you said, you know, you went through this with coronavirus. So, mm -hmm. you know, the same kind of procedures apply. Mm -hmm. So you bring, you both bring up good points. One is that we know the game plan now. Wash your hands, which people didn't do enough of before this happened. So if anything comes out of this pandemic, wash your hands. Like after you go to the bathroom would be my, my advice. I mean, it's you're laughing, but I mean, no, I know. Nick, how many times you've seen someone at the Phillies game go in and go to the bathroom and not wash their hands? It's disgusting. So that's number one. Um, but the, the masking, we, we know what that looks like. And, you know, the Delta variant is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple things at play here. One is the the vaccine question you brought up. From what what I'm hearing is that uh, the Pfizer vaccine may have FDA approval by November, and when that happens, that's going to change a lot of things. So I think that that that's good to not as far away as we might think. Um, in terms of the question, is it going to affect the housing market? So uh, I was the Housing Wire uh, came out with a pretty interesting article by uh, Logan uh, Motomashi. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. If I'm not, sorry, Logan and what he he looked at the last couple of surges that we've had because that fear in March 2020 that was real and that I'm was not real. I mean and, and people were you know deathly afraid mm -hmm. and then we had the surge in the summer and then we had the other surge in the winter and if you look at the economic data during that time we didn't really see the virus impact the economic in a big data and economic data get impacted in a big way like we did from March. And, and I would even say like around here, it was March to May because the, it was so restrictive compared to the rest of the country. But really like that March to mid-April timeframe, I mean, that's when the, the economy was really the most fragile. Mm -hmm. So looking at that, um, is, is, I, don't, I don't see how we can replicate that fear because I mean, it, just getting your, both your opinions here, I think it, it, it's very obvious that no one's right or wrong. It's just people are reacting to this a little differently. And, you know, we're, we're coming out of the, you know, longest economic and job expansion in history. And the January and February 2020 data was good. So it's not like it was bad and then it got worse, but it was more of that that V-shaped recovery like a lot of people talked about. So, and then when you look at housing, um, you know, it's how, I mean, if you look at housing data specifically uh, in February 2020, that was one of the biggest data lines and housing broke out, you know, dramatically after that once March and April hit um, and, and we're kind of over with. So because of the trends, I'm looking at historical trends here. I'm not saying anything about the virus or anything else. I just don't see it impacting the housing market like it did in spring of last year. And we have seen a much more seasonal market this year. So that's also a, a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, 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 you know, now that's not the only opinion. So, I mean, you know, there's also, 
folks, you know, realorder.com came out with, with, with an article about this and they're saying it already affected the hot housing market. And, uh, you know, th- this is written by Claire Trapasso and she's saying that, you know, the highly contagious variant has the potential to upend the hot, 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 ugh, this tongue twister, hot housing market again. Um, and when she goes into, she points to the financial markets that how volatile the financial markets have been and the general economic uncertainty. What do you think about that? I mean, especially with like the mask mandates coming back and everything else, do you think people are going to return to that? Because these, these are two polar opposite opinions from folks that know what's going on and understand the housing market. Well, um, uh, the drop of the mortgage rates recently too, um, they say has been because of the, the Delta variant. Um, so that actually you know, a lot of buyers have gotten back into the market because it, the um, the interest rates are below three again. Mm-hmm. So those that were holding off are like are enticed by the uh, the new lower interest rates. Now, yeah, they're projected to increase towards the end of the year, but um, this is definitely a moment where they can get back into the housing market uh, as far as that goes, as far as the uh, mortgage rates are concerned. You could argue that it already affected the housing market because the rates dropped right. because of the Delta variant. Because that's where the financial markets come in. I mean, you look at that ten-year T bill and mm-hmm. how how the yield on that that affects uh, affects mortgage rates. So, I, I guess the you know the question's a little bit of a loaded one. Is it going to change the projection of pricing as one and showing activity in inventory? But it already did affect the housing market. So I'm almost contradicting mm-hmm. myself here when you right. look at this. But it, it it impacted it in a positive way in which. I'm not saying there's anything positive about the Delta variant, to be very clear. Like, Nick, replay that four times in the stream. <laughs> uh, but but it, it, did, right. it, it did help people maybe get back into an affordable place. Right. I mean, have you guys had any buyers that all of a sudden they said, rates are back low, I need, yes. to, I need to get in now? Are you seeing that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're telling them that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You should be telling them yeah. that because you're trained properly and, and, you're, and you're good agents. I mean, that's, you know, just because something's happening, you, you, you got to look at what, what's happening with your clients. So... How many how many folks have re-entered the market? Like, give me a percentage of your active buyers that you're you're working with now, um, and just think of your like hot prospects roster. So your current client roster or sellers that might maybe are thinking, you know what, now's my ch- my chance, and I might not want to miss the boat again. Mm-hmm. I mean, on, on a percentage of clients you're working with, how many are, are re-entries over the past thirty days? I've had a couple sellers that are definitely ready now to go, um, and buyers. I off the top of my head, probably three that I can think of right off the top of my head. Okay. So, I mean, that's significant. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that would be, you know, 10 to 15 to 20% of your business for the year. So Monica, what about you? Um, I'd say probably about the same as Stacy. Um, I've definitely had a couple of calls that came in, uh, after taking, you know, wanting to take a break Mm -hmm. and then hearing that the interest rates dipped below three again, wanting to get back into searching and trying to find something pretty quick. Now, what was the motivation on these folks? Were these people that would have moved anyway, or and then they're moving up their time frame, or they were looking at it as an opportunity to get into a market and lock in a lower payment, or is it both? A couple, uh, two of them specifically are on month-to-month leases, mm. so they figured, well, we can just wait it out for a little while longer and let the market cool down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with the interest rates, it was just. Uh, too good to be true for them. So they had to jump in on it because then it just did not make financial sense for them to continue renting. Did did they find a house that excited them? Was that part of it? Because, or I mean, because it's usually a combination of things. It's not always, okay, the rates are low. I'm going to go buy a house and I hate all these houses, Mm -hmm. but I'm just going to buy one. Or was it a combination? It was a combination. Okay, They did find the house and uh, 
yeah, they found the one after we we did, you know, go out a couple of weekends. Well, of course, but yeah, they yeah. found the one and and that was it. They're under contract and they couldn't be more excited and more happy. So, yeah. And I think their rate was like 2 2.425. Uh, right? Wow. I know. That's yeah. nice. Right? Bring the cash <laughs> register sound. We need some sound effects here. Monica, what about you? I mean, are you are you kind of seeing the same thing Stacy is? Or are you seeing something a little different? Yeah, I mean, I had one person who uh, actually ended up getting a lease extension on mm-hmm. their rental and decided to just keep renting until they were finding something that was in the right price point, had what they were looking for, and where the competition was going to be a little bit less that they just mm-hmm. kind of jumped right back into the market right as interest rates lowered. And as we started seeing this decrease in competition. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of other people that were um, more so just looking to kind of take things slow and weren't in any rush necessarily. But, you know, as soon as the rates dropped, that was kind of like the the tipping point of, oh, well, let's go right now. Because I I think that some people are taking the time to kind of build their credit and Mm -hmm. try and get to a point where they can afford more, um, get more bang for their buck. But Right now with the interest rates locking in that lower monthly payment, I mean, you have the opportunity to do that now. Mm-hmm. Well, especially think about the savings over, like even if it's a, a first-time buyer, I mean, people are, are staying in their homes. It, it, when, when I got into the business 20 years ago, it was like a seven-year average. Mm-hmm. Now it's 11. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of savings over time. So, yeah, I, I, you know, to my point, I guess you could argue it affected the market in, in kind of a positive way because it, it did cause rates to drop, although I don't see transactions stopping or people stopping to transact like we saw in March, April, May of, of, of 2020. So, you know, my, what, what I see here and, and uh, Mark Zandi, who's the chief economist at Moody's Analytics, so obviously very reputable source, he, he looks at it that, you know, it's, it's going to kind of depend, which is the worst answer to give. And sometimes that's the only answer to give. And what he says is that Delta is, he doesn't think it's even going to dent the housing market unless it starts to elude vaccinations to the point where we start self-quarantining and school shut down again and we go backwards on reopenings. And I, I don't know if it's going to go that way. I mean, with the vaccination rates, to your point, I mean, certainly kids are, I, I hear what you're saying, Monica, with, with, with the kids. And, and, and my hope is that FDA approval for the Pfizer vaccine that comes through, you know, then you can start, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I, I think the government's probably going to start mandating the vaccine for a lot of people like polio or something else. Um, or maybe if just want you sent to send your kids to school or something like that. I mean, I think that that's probably what's on the horizon from a policy standpoint, not saying it's right or wrong. It's just what looks like it's going to happen. Uh, so un- unless we start to see school shut down, which we're getting up on that time of year. I mean, I'm not, I haven't heard anything with my kids school and they go to public school. Um, I don't know what you're seeing with, with your son and daycare and that, and that sort of stuff. I don't see any of that happening, at least in the short term. I haven't heard, I mean, you know, down in Florida and Georgia, I mean, they're just sending their kids and they're having the worst outbreaks out of any, any of these places. So I, I just, I don't know that the Delta variant is going to do anything more than it's already done. And I think the only thing that really happened here was with rates. I mean, am I, are you guys seeing anything else? What, what does the horizon look like over the next two, three months for you? Uh, I think you're spot on with what you said. Um, I personally have not seen anything in our local market, except mm-hmm. a couple of buyers getting back into the market because of the rates. Uh, other than that, you know, there's, I had a conversation with a woman today and um, she was very concerned about the original COVID-19. She has very little outside movement, um, but she's ready to jump into the market. So the Delta variant is not scaring her away at this point. Uh, I think because it is, we know a little bit more about 
hundred percent, yeah, yeah, preventative measures too. So, and the vaccinations. And I think with COVID too, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people and a lot of companies got more comfortable doing things virtually. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. if it does start impacting, there's always that option to jump on a, a FaceTime or mm-hmm. something with a client and show them a house virtually. And that's and we've done it, and we're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and I think that that's actually something that I, I find a lot of value in because, I mean, the, the real estate is just full of these people that I've been doing. The, and I mean, I, I, I always talk about my experience here, but I'm not one of these people who says, oh, well, I did it the same way 20 years ago and we got to do it the same way. I mean, that that's just ridiculous. And unfortunately, real estate is full of those people. And if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it's a fact I'm gonna, if you're mm-hmm. one of those people. And w- what I'll take it one step further is that not only have we leveraged technology, what's also happened is that you know, the job market, it, it, the job market's very robust right now. There's a lot of hiring going on. We're seeing strong gains, a lower employment rate. And just to, um, to the unemployment rate um, fell to 5.4% last month compared to 5.9% in June. So, I mean, that, that's a really good indicator of we're not seeing massive layoffs anymore. So we're getting the play out music here. Monica, thanks for coming on. Monica, thanks, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, give me a call at 631-885-4589. Bold move, giving out your cell phone on the radio. And we'll see if you want to stick with that. You can follow myself and Stacy on Instagram. Stacy's at the number two, Mitchco, M-I-T-C-H-C-O. I am at Tom Tool the third, Tom Tool 3RD. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, just Google Tom Tool Sales Group. And again, this is WWDB 860 AM and Tool Time Radio signing off. 